Welcome to another message from Squim Community Church. For more information about our church, meeting times, and location, visit squimcommunitychurch.org. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures, treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When the time for them to leave, they returned to their own countries by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. He, he's a big player in, uh, in, the, in the wise men. So you, you know the story. The, the wise men who were watching the stars, as I, I mentioned uh, the other week, and we, we, don't, we don't tell this to Baptists. It's a little upsetting to them. But the wise men were not astronomers. They were astrologists. Ooh. And, and because of that, they were very aware, right? Isn't it what Paul says in Romans? That, that you will be aware of God because of all that he has created. And so it shouldn't surprise us that those that watch the stars could see God and see the movement of God. And they were waiting for just the right time to make their pilgrimage to the king, to the baby Jesus. And so they, they saw the alignment of the stars, and that led them to the west because they were from the east. Now, astronomically, there is some precedent for believing that there was a gathering of stars at this time period, about uh, the end of uh, 5 B.C. and the beginning of 4 uh, B.C. And so they followed it to Bethlehem and, and they found him. Their journey was not wasted. They brought their gifts and they wanted to worship the king and bestow the the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to them. Stuff you needed as you lived your life and stuff you needed, well, when you died. They, br- they brought it all for the king. Now, we, we don't know how many wise men there were. Oh, no, 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 there were, there were three. No, we learned that in a hymn, right? We three kings of Orientar. Yeah. The hymn told us there are three, but the biblical account actually doesn't say how many there were, and normally in, in an entourage like this, there would be far more than just three people. Those primary uh, wise men would bring family and friends with them. Hey, I don't have anything else to do. Sure, I'll go with, <laughs> I'll go with you over to Bethlehem. And so they arrived. They worshiped Jesus. Herod had heard about this 
this baby king being born, and so they went and, and talked to Herod. God was doing what God does and said, yeah, by the way, don't go back the same way you came. Avoid Herod. Now, Herod becomes a player, and his name is mentioned here for a really good reason. It helps us understand really when Jesus was born and when uh, the wise men came. Jesus had to be born in uh, late 5 B.C., the beginning of 4 B.C. Now, we know that because the wise men went to Herod, or Herod came to the wise men and wanted to know about the king. And so Herod went about assuming that it took the wise men a long time to get to Jesus. See, they, he, he didn't know they'd been watching and watching and anticipating. And so he thought, well, you know, it, it probably took him a year to get here, so let's do this. I want to take care of this king that is threatening my throne. And so he put out an edict to kill all the babies two years old or younger. So when, when were the wise men there? They had to be there actually in the spring right after Jesus' birth. And we know that because Herod died in the middle of B.C. 4. And so it's very likely that they arrived early. They didn't arrive two or three years later when he was a toddler, which many people believe. No, God was orchestrating things. And all of this is to let us know that God had a plan in Jesus. And he, he used the wise men to confirm that. He made it clear that, that Herod would not interfere with what God was planning to do. The wise men came because Jesus arrived. As I mentioned a, a few weeks ago, God does make the first move to all of us. We may feel as though we've been searching and searching and searching for Jesus, and, and perhaps you have been. But the only reason you can find him is because, well, he revealed himself. He came. He came so that we could be in relationship with him. So that we could receive forgiveness for our faults, failures, and sins. And then asking Jesus to be the leader of our life, we become a part of his forever family. See, like the wise men, we're able to give a gift to the baby Jesus, a gift to God, so to speak. One that we can only give to him because he started the relationship so that we could continue a relationship with him. Now, our gift is not gold, frankincense, or myrrh, our gift is worship. It's not just a gift that we give to God, it is the gift that we give to God, our worship of Him, our wholehearted worship of Him. And that is what the wise men modeled, isn't it? They, <laughs> they didn't happen on to Jesus to take pictures. They, they came all that way so that they could give gifts to the king 
God has traveled a long way, so to speak, so that we can be in relationship with him and we can give our gift to him, our gift of worship. Worship is key because it, it, it ignites our desire for God. It, it creates a passion inside of us about who God is, getting to know Him better, celebrating Him together. Because of COVID, we, we still have a lot of people who are a part of the forever family that aren't, aren't present on a Sunday morning. Now, my own personal feeling is, is that you miss something when you're not here. And I know there are, the, are folks that aren't able to come for good reason. Others, maybe it's become a little too convenient to stay home and have your hot chocolate and your stolen this morning. Thank you all for coming, by the way. <laughs> See, something happens that's inspiring when we're together. And I am an expert, so I dig being together, but I even have introverts that tell me the same thing. You know, it's, it's better to be here than, than just watch it on TV. See, it ignites a desire for God. Matthew 22, verse 37. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's worship. Haven't you noticed that when you come to worship, your mind, heart, and soul align with one another? You know, that's not an accident. That, that's what the Holy Spirit is, is really all about. Now, I'm like you. I know God is talking all the time. But he, he talks to me, he talks to us, I think, in a very special way in worship. It magnifies to me what God is trying to say to me. And there is a message for me, there is a message just for you. But there is also a, a message to all of us that are part of his forever family, his church. I don't know, it's a little hard to understand and hear all that message when I'm all by myself. It's easier to hear, at least for me, when, when I'm with other Christians, especially when we're worshiping God together. Mind, heart, soul. Our God is a holistic God. And he, he is worthy of the gift of our worship and not just a secondary kind of afterthought gift, but a very intentional gift that we might bring our very best to that moment. Not just the leftovers. Not just what's convenient or easy. In fact, not just what's on sale. He, 
Worship ignites our desire for God. It also informs our lifestyle, how we are to live in this world. And I know it's become very chaotic. I I meant it yesterday when I preached on peace. We just want a little tranquil order, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. I, I need it in my life and I need it inside of me as well. And what I notice about worship is while I, I learn and experience what it is to, to be a Christian, in, in my worship, I want to worship God with what I say and how I live. Now, even I can get it together for about an hour. Even if I don't get it together all the time during the week and I'm like you, no. Not every day, not, not all the moments. But in this moment, in this hour, yeah, I, I learn about a lot about what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. I'm reminded of that. I learn about that. I experience that in relationship with other people. Community is very important on how we enjoy and live our life. And this is the community. As I said last night, you know, we're stuck with one another for all eternity. That's a, that's a great thought, right? We're going we're gonna to be together, oh, forever. That's pretty awesome, I think. Forever. That's a long time. Colossians 1.10. Then your life will always honor and please God. Ooh, that's a, a good agenda for every day. Now you wake up in the morning and as you're getting ready to go about your day, think, oh, what's going to honor and please God today? Now I know that's why some people don't read the Bible. It, it's true. They don't read the Bible because they think somehow, well, if I don't know it, I can't be held responsible for it. How, how did that work the last time the state patrol pulled you over to give you a speeding ticket? Well, honest officer, I, I didn't see the sign. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> I'd pay more attention the next time. Oh, when you come to church the next time, Pay more attention. Every day you have a chance to open your Bible and learn more and know more. I'd, I might pay a little more attention. What honors and what pleases God? If you seek to honor God and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of of goodness. Now, do you want to miss out on any good thing? I know you don't because I've, I've watched some of you uh, at, the, at the bargain aisle at the store. You don't want to miss any good thing. I have seen you, I have seen you in thrift stores in the area. Why? You don't want to miss out on any good thing. It's true, we don't want to miss out on any good thing. What are we going to lose 
maybe some bad habits. What are we going to lose by wanting to please and honor God? He only has our very best in mind. And look at all the goodness. If you want to know about the, the interior goodness, go to Galatians 5, and 23 and look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Who doesn't want that stuff? I think everybody does. God wants to bless us and, well, we, we need to cooperate we need to listen. We need to lean in. We need to pay attention. And the more we know, the more we focus on that, the, the more goodness God is able to distribute to us. I've had people come into my office and say, you know, the Lord is really not blessing me in my life. Well, as we talk, it often becomes very clear. You haven't really leaned in. You, you haven't really asked expectantly, right? Ask, seek, and knock. I know why we don't act, seek, and knock. We, we don't think God's really going to listen to us or pay attention to us. We're, we're not the one that God really loves. And we know that the more we experience him and the more we understand him, the more we know that is just not true. It's not. Right? He, it's what I said a couple of weeks ago. He knows everything about you and he still chose you to be a part of his forever family. Wow. He's a pretty oh, amazing God. A gracious God, a merciful God, a loving God. And all he wants to do is do good in us and through us. And one of the ways we get in touch with that is when we worship him, mind, heart, and soul. And yes, it's true that, that worship is more than what we do here on Sunday, but we model how we worship throughout the week. And it is a, a lifestyle. As we orient people to the Christian faith, one of the things we often say to them is worship is not a thing that we do. Worship is the thing that we do. And as we worship, it ignites our desire to know God more. And it informs it informs our lifestyle so that we can enjoy all the goodness and blessing that God has in store for us. Finally, God wants us to, to uh, understand the inspiration of having a divine, heavenly perspective. Right when you, when you come and worship... Don't you feel a little bit better, closer, more unburdened? A little bit of, well, heavenly experience? Yeah. God wants to give us uh, 
an eternal perspective. He wants to remind us that he has the very best in store for us, even when bad things come our way. And let's add this, even when we're bad. That doesn't take us out of the will of God. He's a good shepherd. He, he draws us back in, puts us back on that, on that path. So let me ask you this morning, where are you looking? You looking down all the time at all the difficulty and problems? Or are you looking up, realizing that that you plus God is a majority. That God is in the business of moving against the odds all the time. All the time. Are we bound with the temporal or are we, have we thought a little bit about eternity? Eternity gives us a very good perspective. This too will pass. Yeah, but... And until it does, it's tough. It can be hard. Are we looking at the problem or are we looking at the possible solution that God wants to bring? And he's really good at bringing solutions to our problems. Yeah. God really does want to inspire us to be heavenly-minded. Now, it's true, don't be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. You know, being a Christian isn't pie in the sky, but it is a perspective that helps us each and every day put, oh wait, an order to what's happening and in the midst of that, in the midst of difficult circumstances, we have a peace, a calm, and a joy that, that goes beyond the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And to realize that, yes, life is unfair, and, uh, and up, the, up ahead, God will make it up. Whatever we didn't get in this world, I can guarantee you, He will lavish that upon you when you die and uh, and go to heaven psalm 147:11 there's always a hope we just have to trust in god the lord delights in those who honor him those who put their hope in his unfailing love isn't that what Christmas is all about? The unfailing love of God. And the choice is, are we going to put our trust in that? Put our trust in that over and above everything else that God has blessed us with. Yeah, worship is a, it's a trust experience. We learn more and more about how to trust him. Let's pray together. Lord God, you know uh, the challenges that, that we've faced and dealt with in this last year, and you know uh, what's up ahead in 2023. 
and we're thankful on Christmas Day, we're reminded that you love us with an unfailing, unconditional love. And Lord, it's a, a great thing to think about that we, we do have a gift to give to you. And it's true, you are the greatest gift ever given. You did make the, the first move, but we get to make the second move. We get to give you the gift of, of our worship. Lord, each and every day, let us worship you with our mind, our heart, and our soul. Lord, give us your Holy Spirit that we can make good on our desire, on our lifestyle, on the perspective that we have about life and about eternity. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.